everybody to Brain Milk. Uh, last episode, I made a mistake I'd like to fix that uh, I said we're the best podcast. What I really meant is we're a podcast. <laughs> uh, once again, though, I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Pope. And we got a special guest today. Her name is... Elvis. <laughs> Elvis, there we go. Elvis is in the house. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about philosophy and worldviews and how it kind of works with politics. Uh, we're just, maybe it might be rambling, but uh, we promise it'll be a little entertaining. Uh, so right off the bat, uh, we're going to start off with a nice view of uh, existentialism. Elvis, what do you think about existentialism? How does it I'm go into your worldview? You're a fan. All right. What do you like about it? Um, I like. Well, first, let's have you tell them what it is. Oh, good start. Good start. <laughs> All right, existentialism is a philosophy. It's largely non-religious, but it's the uh, the idea that we are here on Earth with... Well, basically, it's that uh, existence precedes essence, so that we exist and then we put the essence of our life and existence after we find ourselves uh, inexplicably thrust into the world. Um, there's a lot of themes that were... Um, that we are uh, abandoned, basically, that there you know, is no God, there's no real uh, biblical word, or there's no um, you know, true essence, like objective truth, everything's subjective, and through that we find our own uh, meaning in life, and that uh, it's, it's ironic that nothing means anything, but because of that, all of our choices and our actions uh, mean everything, because we can truly make them... And the uh, kind of ideal is that you should make choices based off the uh, what everybody should do. So should everybody throw trash out the window? No, obviously not. So if, if you're making a decision that should everybody do what I'm about to do, and the answer is yes or no, that kind of, you know, should everybody murder? No. So don't murder. There yeah. you go. So that's kind of a very short Sparks Notes uh, idea of existentialism. Yeah. So what I like about it is I find it pretty freeing. I think it's uh, it really takes the pressure off of people to be perfect. So we it kind of for me I liked it because I was like oh so the the guy that I liked was the guy that was in Into the Wild I forget his name every single time Alex McCandless Alex McCandless Lee yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> so I loved that he figured out you know it's mostly about people interaction having relationships forming relationships. I Although he kind, of, uh, he kind of left people he completely. <laughs> he did leave people completely. His, it was more of his journey out to the wild that I identified with than anything yeah. else. Have um, you read uh, uh, Thoreau's book, Walden, the kind of famous uh, going out to the wild? She doesn't read. Yeah, no. no, basically illiterate. Not really illiterate. Uh, just um, a little bit dyslexic, so reading was never my thing. But, um, let's see. I would call myself more of a negative uh, existentialist though so okay, not what pure way? existentialism uh over here um i kind of believe that we're all a little bit of shits i think everyone a little is bit a evil li a little bit evil yeah well it's like the idea of gaijus's ring that if anybody had the power well the story of gaijus's ring is obviously you know guy just finds this ring and when he puts it on he's invisible he then goes about town stealing. Was his name Frodo or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frodo Baggins. Uh, <laughs> you know him. Yeah. So anyway, guy just goes, has the ring. You know, he sleeps with the king's uh, wife. He ends up killing the king yeah. and then marries the uh, wife of the king, becomes a leader or king of the, the, the kingdom. And uh, the idea is basically that if anyone has that power, they would absolutely use it 
Because the stipulation the guy uses his ring is that you are free from consequence. Yes. Nothing bad will happen to you if you use that power. So, without consequence, and I thought about this for a while when I was younger, I was like, okay, so let's be real. Let's be very objective with yourself. If you have the ring, and you have the power to become invisible, you might start out being good. You might stay good for a little bit, but eventually, because I believe people at the core are a little bit shitty, um... And we're selfish. We have to be selfish. Biologically, well, selfishness then, yeah. kept us alive. So I get that. But I think that sometimes we don't recognize it. So I would say that even, and me, myself, and I'm the only person I can speak for, if I had the ring, eventually, yeah, I'd do terrible stuff. Yeah. I might not murder somebody because I don't Well, yeah, purpose. define terrible. You might steal um, cash laying out stealing, at a bar, but you might not Yeah, kill you know, people. like you could basically, <clears throat> what we all think we want is money success, comfort. A lot of what I think we're centered now is comfort. I think we've gotten very, very, especially first world. This may just be first world, but we're really into comfort. And what makes us comfortable and what uh, can we do or create that will do things for us so we don't have to go do them ourselves. So that's a little bit into my Leadite side <laughs> um, because I think that technology is doing two things to us. It's doing great things in some areas. But I think it's making us antisocial, uh, and I think it's making us lazy. Yeah, the social media aspect is ironic because we're super social online, but then in person you get the thing where you like you can't talk to bank tellers anymore, yeah. and kids yeah. these days, you know, can't uh, you know get very uncomfortable having to do anything like personal, you know, interpersonal and or whatever. Biologically, I think it's going to have some consequences because even like babies, they know that they need to be touched. Like mm -hmm. it's all about being touched. Physical touch is the thing that we need as humans. So if you are doing all of your socializing, quotes, I'm going to put quotations yeah. around that, online, and essentially you can say that's real. That can be a real thing. You're communicating with someone, but you have no physical touch. Right. And without that physical touch, whether it's friendship yeah. or whatever, you're, you're starting to lose something. Um, and I've even noticed, like, people really don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Oh, yeah, for they sure. They can't come up with anything to say anymore, which I think is interesting. I feel like we're losing <clears throat> the creativity we used to have by being bored. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, now with the internet where you don't have, you know, you're less and less in real social situations. So we've lost the art to talk to people who disagree or believe wildly different things. We've lost the, you know, now it's just like, well, you're a Nazi because you don't believe every aspect of everything I believe. Yeah. So I'm just going to ban, you know, I'm going to just totally censor you from my life on social media. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of an art form having to like talk to people who you disagree with. Well, it's kind of a good thing. I think in society, the first amendment protects all speech. Maybe it's a good thing for a society to actually hear all speech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't hear it, you're not exposed to it. That's and more true. importantly, if you try to suppress it, then, you know, people look at conspiracy theory. People love being, you know, in their mind, the ones who get it, right? Yeah. The ones who know and everyone else is trying to keep right. us down and, and keep the truth from us. And so in a way, if you suppress any speech, you give those yeah. people a platform, A, for other idiots who believe like them. But also, you know, it's like Thomas Jefferson said, you know, he, he believed that, you know, any... Uh, curtailment of the free press was bad because the best way to get rid of bad ideas is to just right. put them out there, mm -hmm. let the people hear it, and go, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, that you know? one doesn't work. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. But you get the, yeah, especially with social media, the way the, yeah. the logarithms don't show you things that you're not really going to spend uh, yes. time clicking on or liking. 
And so that's why you get these like flat earthers that just literally only see flat earth stuff. Do you believe that that is censorship? I don't. I think it has that effect. It's not intentional. Correct. All these logarithms just want you to spend as much time. Yeah. The only intention is money. So they. Yeah. yeah. You. The longer time you spend, the more ads you see, the more money Facebook and uh, Twitter or whoever makes. Yeah. But it's interesting because all the logarithms are very different from social media to social media. What's interesting because Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, is actually you know. He, he's talked a little bit about in interviews about how he's almost kind of ramroded by some of the people, you know, top-level managers he works for who are really far left and want it. You know, in his mind, he thinks Twitter should be lawless, completely yeah. open. Anybody can see anything. Anyone can say anything. I can But he does have some degree of pushback from the top people in his own company. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then, you know, if it's truly lawless, you start getting, you know, like the sex trade. Well, the idea basically... is that there would be... His his kind of compromise would be two Twitters. One, the lawless open anything goes. Right. And the other is a more family friendly, perhaps, uh, you know, curtailed Twitter, but you know, so serves its own purpose in a different an way. Here's an interesting thought experiment. Do you think that opening up that platform, because I think it's important for everyone's uh, opinion to be heard. However, opening up a platform for that, would you think that that might cause some issues? Like you're opening up a platform, let's say for. Uh, neo-nazis well the thing is the freedom of speech you're allowed to say it there's no reason that a white nationalist should have any of their speech or tweets you know you know promoted in the logarithm you know it should just be out there and that's the part i have a problem with is the promotion so it seems like so let's just take instagram for example seems like somebody else is deciding for me what i'm gonna see well, yeah, that's a logarithm, and it's for the company hoping that you will spend more time on the site, see more ads, and they'll get more money. If they right. can get you to stay on the app another couple extra minutes, it's a couple extra ads that they'll make more money but on. But it does seem like I'm being pigeonholed into something that I just maybe thought about that day, and maybe I want to see other things. And but that's not the thing is, the you you I'm you know interested. you sign up, you agree to their terms, and their I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, who reads the terms? I'm sure some, the terms yeah, actually. Some say of it you can set it off. I think on Twitter, it's the standard uh, setting is that it shows you. Top tweets. Top tweets. But you can turn that off and just see them chronologically. But, Mm. like, the standard, it's automatically just set at that. And then after you open the app again, it automatically reverts to try to get you to only see those top tweets. So you just have to... Yeah. So if you know there are ways that you can beat the logarithm or change it so the logarithm doesn't necessarily apply in the same way. So really, it's all about money. Oh, of course. But again, buyer beware, because at the end of the day, these are consumer products that they're selling. You know, Twitter is not oh really necessarily out there to just provide yeah. a platform. It's technically not a like a public forum that the government has, you know, no <clears throat> right to get involved or the company has no right to do anything because it is their Well, that's the fine line they walk property, because at the end of the day, they almost are a forum. If you get right. blocked off of Facebook and yeah. Twitter, there's not really a lot of other social media you can go and have yeah. your voice heard. Well, do you think then that eventually it'll be somewhat... Uh, like appropriated by government and turned into some kind of like util- public Well, that's utility. an interesting thing. So some of these some of these companies actually want the government to step in to make rules so that they everyone abli- you know abides by the same rules. The problem is, you know, in our congress, you're going to have these like old dudes who don't even understand social media. Yeah. You know, then at some point there's going to be a lobbying group that comes to them, "Hey, we made this bill for you," you know. Naturally, it serves their interests, not the American people's, and the Congress is probably just going to vote on it, right. yes or no. And, of course, there's the total free speech zealots who, uh, 
you know, and to some degree, those incels, you know, that like get kicked off Twitter and stuff, you know, they're probably going to vote Republican. And at a certain point, there becomes a political vested interest in protecting some of these far. Uh, yeah, you, know, you want to protect far, right? your fringe people because yeah, right. you're your voters at the end of the day. Exactly. Do you guys think that access to this social media uh, is causing laziness and potentially aiding in... Uh, well, it's definitely disease. leading to uh, intellectual laziness. Mm-hmm. If you can just ignore or not yeah. get exposed to any counter ideas. And that's the problem with... Uh, well, I mean, it's a problem on both sides, but... Uh, but although, how is that different, though, than the people who just do nothing but listen to right-wing radio or Fox News? Is it any different that a logarithm just only shows them? Well, yeah. You know, so, how is that different than just leaving Fox News on all day? Well, yeah, it's the same thing. It's still intellectually. If, if you really want to understand the issues, like, for example, if you never listen to anything a Democrat in Congress says, well, like, what if your congressman is a Democrat? You're never going to listen to anything he says? Then you're voting right. for or against someone. You don't even know what they stand for. It's kind of Maybe weird. Maybe if kids were outside more, interacting with other children instead of on their iPads, they would learn about other people's opinions. Well, they, I mean, there's something to that. Like, if you expose your kids to other cultures, if you take them to, like, museums and stuff, they'll see things, make them more... And that's not even just in a civic sense, but just a more well-rounded individual. Yeah. So if you stay at home playing video games all day, you're really only exposed to your immediate family and your closest friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's one good thing about people who go volunteer or if you're some part of a club or a group, you know, whether it's civic, church, whatever, you're getting exposed to other people you wouldn't otherwise get exposed to. And I think just seeing more of society is just better for your understanding of the people you live with. Because at the end of the day, if you live in a community, you know, it is a community thing. Yeah. It's not just you. You're not an individual. Uh, we crave an island. community. Yeah. We, everybody craves community. They want to form groups. They want to form yeah. friendships. You want to, I mean, when FOMO became a thing, like where you're missing out, fear of missing yeah. out, right? Um, because you're not yeah. there for the group. Activity. Well, do you think the groups in on the internet are just unhealthy relationships? I but I mean, they're just as equal. You're participating in groups or whether it's like website so comments. Well, yeah, you could argue that if like Facebook people play pages. World of Warcraft together, isn't that more social than some things other people are doing? Isn't Probably. Yeah. Right. yeah. So my that's I wonder um, if you could determine the difference between the two, because I have friends that love video games and they have friends that play them with them. Sometimes they know who they are. There's a headset. You can communicate mm-hmm. with each other. You're basically on the phone with someone while you're playing um are they good at forming relationships with the people around them no they're really good at forming them with the people that you see now here's my thought about that i think those relationships are easier to maintain because there's no responsibility Mm -hmm. you can see them when you want to see them you don't have to ever see them if you piss each other off just fucking block them or never go to their website again or the game yeah and my theory is that the the reason i say antisocial is because we're becoming bad at being good friends in my opinion oh for sure because we're just not good at taking on when you have a friendship with someone there's good things you like them you laugh with them sometimes you're not gonna like them it's like a family member you don't always love your family you love them unconditionally of course but you get mad at them you fight them at the end of the day you're still family well how do you guys feel about the dating apps uh websites like you know because now that's a big thing with dating is that Fuck it. If you have one little fight or something, just, well, I have, I already have 30 yeah. people that I'm talking to yeah. on Tinder or whatever. Well, in yeah, one way, in one way, though, like, you know, in the old days, you know, who'd you date? The girl down the street you've known since you were like yeah. a kid or whatever. Yeah. Right? You know, they, 
Aziz Ansari's book about dating and romance was interesting. He talked, he had a chapter about how, like, and, you know, a lot of this is anecdotal, but like a lot of people's grandparents, you know, who, you know, the greatest generation went through the Great Depression, came back from the war, just married a girl in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So with dating apps, you are exposed to, you know, you could go on dates with people you never could have even imagined meeting, let alone right. dating. So in that way, it's good. On the other hand, you know, I think there's something weird with the culture of, like, ghosting people or you go on one date and you just never talk to them again. But, you know, the flip side is, hey, you did go out with someone. You so never would have gone out yeah, with someone. It might be the responsibility thing again. So, like, if you met the girl down the street next door, you have a physical proximity to that woman. If you fuck it up... Yeah, and family and community ties. You have to see her every day. Yeah. Yeah, they know her, you know her, so you yeah. kind of shape up and just deal with Old it. Old wives it's, looking out the windows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Spread Is that a bad thing? I don't know. It depends. Like, a lot of people back then didn't get divorced when they should have got divorced. And, like, now yeah. we think that our divorce rate went up. Well, no, now it's just more accepted. Well, there's also some to... With all the choices, too, you can just see how it could... It's like the grass is always greener, right? So in the old days, people got divorced less, but they probably worked harder to get over problems in relationships as opposed to now. It's like, oh, screw that. I'll just go find some other girl. If this person being so difficult, why would I be with them? Maybe they're not the one. And I honestly, truly believe that part of the problem is media. Because I don't know about you guys, but for women, um, and I I will just speak for me because I know people get offended... Uh, we get it pumped into our brain. So, like, At the moment age. that you're a girl and they start telling you, oh, you're such a pretty girl, or maybe they don't, um, and they're basically like, oh, you're going to meet a nice guy, you're going to get married, have babies. Mm-hmm. That gets pumped into your head, whether your mom's a feminist or not. It just yeah. does. Because it's not just her that you're getting influenced by. It's everyone you go to school with. It's everyone you ever interact with. All the media, with. every magazine, media, newspaper, TV Hallmark commercials. Movies. Yeah. Hallmark movies. I watched a Hallmark movie the other day on accident. And <laughs> in the first, they met each other. And within three days, they were getting married and proposing to each other. And that was like supposed to be a great, beautiful love thing. Because they were just absolutely in love. And I'm like, okay, no. That's really weird, yeah. isn't it? That's pretty weird. Yeah. But all those movies end, at, and they lived happily ever after, after yeah. the wedding. And it's yeah. not like the first fight of like, God damn it, I told you to put your shoes away. And like, you don't know that person at all. And I think right. that's part of the problem with the internet dating with so many people, is you get one or two first impressions, and then you think you know them. And so people start dating them, and then they find out that they're not perfect. And so they're like, wait, you're not perfect. I'm going to go with this other one. Oh, wait, she's not perfect. It's always I can't the go next thing. It's, yeah, right. She's got this wrong with her. She's got this wrong mm. with her. That one looks better. Because on a base level, the dating apps are based off of how you look. Oh, for and sure. And so, and what, that's normal. That's how it is outside of the dating apps, too. Mm-hmm. It's, you saw them at a bar, you saw them wherever, and you're like, oh, they're cute, they're not cute. Oh, she looked at me? <laughs> oh, she looked at me? She's, I'm desperate. Like, I don't know. A it's real just... <laughs> girl looked at me. <laughs> yeah, can you talk to them, though, or have you been on your phone mm. all the time? How do, you, how do you feel about sex dolls? People just saying, ah, screw real women, I can get everything I want from this <laughs> true object. <laughs> um, sex dolls, fleshlights, I mean, whatever you want to call it. I mean, women have it, too. We have vibrators that can do things. Well, masturbation's healthy no as man long as you're not do. trying to change or, I guess, replace social interaction with a toy. Well, I think <laughs> that's, okay. that's potentially the ultimate thing that will happen is if you can create this synthetic relationship and have the physical response as well, do you need a person? 
I think our society might be a little bit obsessed with finding a person. I think it's been pumped into us and that we need to find someone. That's what happy. your life is yeah. supposed to do. You're supposed to live, find a person. If you don't find right. someone, there's something wrong with you. Well, I mean, I guess ultimately that might be really actually beneficial for society than the people who can't find real people. And then they can have like a sex doll or whatever. Well, that, like a contra- you know? that could be a controversial topic. Should some people not get married, not have kids, and just stop just <laughs> existing? <laughs> no, it's not that they should stop existing. But I mean, there are people who might become a public nuisance. I mean, imagine like since like pornography came out. Imagine I imagine a lot of sex crimes dropped. You know, if you have an outlet for that. that yeah. If you have some kind of outlet to yeah. To just get yourself off without having to go, like, rape someone or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably... that Pornography has probably been beneficial for society. Well, think of history, how often that happened in a war. You'd have a soldier just take oh, over yeah, land. Right. The whole army just, you know... Kills all the goes men. Goes to town yeah. on the town and, you know... Yeah. Kills all the men and children and, and rapes all the women. I mean, that's kind of like going back to Gaius's ring and, and yeah. you think... I mean, people are inherently... You know, you give them a little bit of power and they're going to do fucked up bit. stuff like that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's... The dating thing, when it's all digital, I mean, you can you can be whoever you want, which I think yeah. is the other thing. Because they can't see you at first. You have but pictures. if they meet you, right. you yeah, you're still at the end of the day Yeah, that's when it becomes you. real. That's when if you're meeting them in yeah. person, then it's real because you can't yeah. hide. Well, do you think that's a good thing then, that we can have the second life online, essentially, and present ourselves in a very personally curated way? Do you think that's beneficial? Well, I but, think that's uh, I think that's people's kind of inherent dream, right? Because everybody right. has a big ego. Typically, people think the yeah. world of themselves when really they might not. And, you know, maybe that's a weird parenting thing that happened to them. Their parents I told would them they were great. I disagree with that too. But yeah, I think it's I don't know. I don't think everybody has a big ego. Not everybody, Talk to but all a lot the women of people in do. The world. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a man thing. I don't it know. It might be a guy thing, and I don't yeah. mean it in a sexist way. I just uh, from <clears throat> from the many women in my life that I know I would say maybe one of them had a large ego out yeah. of all of them the rest of us have this weird well think really of old men well, women like, probably get pummeled a little bit more with all kinds of uh, we got s- you should be perfect and you're not yeah. but here are ways you can be if mm-hmm. you just maybe maybe funny example would be to look at old people you know everyone knows that old grandfather uncle or something who just tells bullshit stories about themselves that aren't even you know they're they're based in truth but then you like look at their wife or whatever yeah their sibling and like oh they're so full of shit but maybe it's a man thing but so like everyone's always been inventing their lives yeah like all these like different artistic or cultural niches where everyone's like wearing flannel you know like grunge or like being punk rockers in the 70s and stuff like that being goth and stuff these are all kinds of choices you make personally but you just have more control on the internet. Yeah. You, can, you can literally meticulously page, yeah. create and change every aspect of it and present yourself in such a yeah. yeah. Well, and I think way. that adds to the self-esteem issue with females because I mean, it's it's a highlights reel. It's mm-hmm. not it's not your real life. If if somebody had a camera on you all day, it'd be reality right. TV. You'd be performing a little bit. We yeah. don't perform all the time. We all yeah. do disgusting things. We just do it when you're alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when we have it on social media and you constantly are giving this highlight reel right. of these people's lives, it makes yeah. you feel bad about well, yourself. Let's bring it back to existentialism. What does that say about like kind of a philosophy in life? If like people's dream, at least social media kind of proves, is that like you're just trying to make this amazing life 
on paper or like a museum curation, right? Yeah. If like that's what you want your life to be, is that the whole purpose yeah. of life? <laughs> well, you can take it a step further and go into absurdism, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a like a step. It's still existentialism within the umbrella, but it's uh, the idea that everything is just absurd. The fact that you life try to absurd, make so yeah. much, so many things important when really um, nothing is. Yeah, the, basically absurdism is the disconnect between what we think life should be versus the fact that we're just here and nothing really matters. Well, here's, here's an interesting yeah here's an interesting thing. So I was I was watching this video of an astrophysicist talking about kind of philosophy and he, he talked about kind of existentialism and what the purpose of life is he talked about like how you know it you know since we don't really know where the universe came from or how it you know was formed blah 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 you know you have a, a lot of different alternatives right on the one hand maybe we live in a perfect universe right and wouldn't that be an absurd amount of pressure on people if we lived in a perfect universe right or maybe we live in a universe of complete nothingness. And it kind of goes in the infinite realities. Maybe there's an infinite amount of universes. And maybe like existentialism, maybe we just live in a random, boring, plain universe. Total fluke that we're Totally here. fluke, yeah. And that maybe that's actually the best universe to live in. Because oh, if yeah. you live in a perfect universe, you oh, get every decision you make... You could be completely right. fucking it up. Yeah. And what amount of pressure you have to live up to be in a yeah. perfect universe. And if you live in a complete nothingness right. universe, well, A, you know, maybe people don't exist at all. So that universe is out of yeah. the question. But if you live in a completely boring universe, like everything you do, you create your own meaning. Yeah. And because this universe is so boring, if you do something great or notable, then that is the whole point of life. Right? Or a good life, I guess. The way to figure it out, usually... I think you can kind of figure out what you care about, and that's what people are living for. So one way you can do that is just watch, where do you put your money? Where do you put it? All right. What do you put it towards? Because that's what you really care about. Do you buy gifts for your loved one? Are you obsessed with your girlfriend? And, you know, that's where your money goes, or does it go to you? With and money and time to, too, and your time. If you I'm tell your maybe yeah, more important. If you tell your family yeah. that hey, I'm too busy, I can't. Well, you don't value your family, yeah, right? If you absolutely. value something, yeah, you, you always put make time, time to for it. the things you yep. care yeah. about. Yep. Which that is a very existentialist idea that uh, there is no essence except what you create. Mm-hmm. But you know, the alternative would be the idea of the numinous or any kind of like religious aspect. Newman? like a numinous. It's like a big term for just like religious experience, basically mm-hmm. the numinous things that are bigger than you. Um, was Newman like, like a guy or something named after? Is this idea named after? No, a guy? it's just a term for oh, okay. Okay. like bigger than you or something like that. Okay. But you know, the idea of religion is essentially that essence precedes existence. So we get thrust into a world and we know how we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the Bible or the Quran or any text is an essence. You know, it's saying you have to do all these things and you're godly and maybe you'll be rewarded if you stick to the script or whatever. Yeah. You know. I think that um, I think everybody's in the same boat, and we're all just trying to figure out what it is. I know that's kind of a dumb sentence, but I feel like religious, <laughs> not religious, it doesn't really matter. Nobody knows anything. Well, actually, you get down to it. If you we think a lot about know that's why it's called faith. If yeah. you think a lot, of, if you think about a lot of religions, though, especially in an existential light. Who's to say, if you live like, you know, some of the things Jesus or Buddha said, it's actually a pretty good way to live, right? Yeah. A lot of religions are based on philosophical ideas that, you know, I think, you know, maybe Jesus and Buddha are so famous in history because they hit on a very interesting, you know, nerve that a human level, people say that's really good for society, it's good for family, it's good for X, Y, and Z. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
certainly there's been millions, if not more, even of religions. You know, yeah. every you, you know you have a room full of Christians, and you basically have a room full of different religious ideas and Absolutely. beliefs. Absolutely, I think everybody, and that's the thing about people, everyone's <coughs> forming their own version of whatever they believe. So there's something that resonates with them. Right. And they cling to that. And, like, you can talk to anybody. You can talk to a room full of mm-hmm. Western Baptist Christians. And they all really have a different idea about who God is, yeah. what he does, that sort of thing. Snake handlers. And everyone has a different scale, is what I figured out, of right and wrong. So it's interesting, like, when you ask someone, where do your morals come from? How'd you get them? People can't really answer that question. If you get down to it, like, people don't know why. They think this is good and this is bad. But everyone has a different scale of what they think is bad and what they think is good. You talk to a serial killer, you can justify anything in your head. Oh, yeah. You talk to somebody that kills people for a living. We'll just say that's their profession. Um, they do it because they have a different scale of morals. This is right for them, but it's wrong in our eyes. There's like a... Uh, I was in an anthropology class once. I remember a little bit of stuff from it. There was a <laughs> tribe of people... That was still doing basically mass murder of each other. And murder was an acceptable thing. So, like, that's usually, like, the number one thing that people are like, well, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do this, but I never murder. But they're like, no, this is a part of our culture. We know we might get murdered. We're okay with it. And that's their yeah. scale. Do they have a pretty like, vivid, like, afterlife idea or something? That I don't remember. That this is probably a finite thing anyway. So well, that happened a lot in the Native American culture. Like the Aztecs alone, would, oh, the you know, amount of people they sacrificed. Yeah, but even like the Plains Indians and stuff. I was listening to this thing about the Comanche Native Americans are the last tribe basically to submit to the U.S. federal government, and their whole way of life was, you know, going out on horses. They were great horsemen riders. They were great shots with bow and arrows. And they would even go and just, you know, a lot of those Plains Indians, they had very hard time keeping their population up. So they would literally go to another tribe, kill the women who were, like, pregnant or couldn't be taken, and they would kill all the men, obviously, because they might retaliate. And they would just steal, like, kids, you know, not newborns. They would kill them, too, because, you know, how do you support a newborn? But they'd take, like, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids and bring them back, and they would raise them as part of their own Mm -hmm. tribe. But to them, that was just the way life was. It was completely acceptable Mm -hmm. that a tribe might come and kill everybody and take the children. And just, like, you know, on the flip side, they would go do that to other people. So that's kind of weird where in their culture, you know, they were actually okay dying in battle, right? So the men, before they went to battle, they had a whole preparatory, you know, cultural kind of rites where they would put on war paint. They would cut their hair, braid it in a certain way, you know, put on their finest clothes or whatever, and, you know, pray to the, the spirits or whatever. And, like, that was life. That was okay yeah. for them. And, you know, it was really weird for them, especially with the Aztecs, you know, when the Spanish came in. And, you know, to them, they were all heathens. But really kind of weird when, you know, they were saying, hey, you can't be killing people. Of like, course, then, the, you know, culture. the Spanish went and just killed the entire, you know, Yeah, it's <laughs> empire, weird basically. that, too. So we have that dichotomy where we're like, hey, we're coming in. We're telling you, like, don't do adultery. Don't murder. Don't do this. But we also, we killed all your people. But, if, but we're going to murder you um, if you don't yeah. do that. <laughs> if you don't do it, though, we're going to do that to you. So it's kind of weird that that's how we operate. And that's what yeah. I mean by the scale. 
There's always yeah. a scale, and the scale shifts. Well, of course, you know, we think we're so civilized, but we have capital murder yeah. in a bunch of states. You know, we still, like, the state will put people to death. And that no one is really, you know, a lot of people in those states think, oh, yeah, that's a, a deterrent to crime. We have to do that. But, mm-hmm. like, any other culture would be like, you're just ki- like exactly like those native tribes. Whether an outsider looking in, yeah, totally yeah. hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, it's like a weird thing as well, where politically, well, where if you're really pro-life on the right, you're also pro-capital punishment, and then other times, you know, other people are pro-abortion, you know, not pro-abortion, but pro-choice, uh, choice, yeah. and then super against. Uh, uh, capital punishment, so that's a weird... It's like, both sides are hypocritical. Yeah. Oh, I think everybody's a hypocrite. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, say, yeah. Hey, if you're pro, if you're pro-choice, but then meat yeah. is murder kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's very true. But then, you know, if you're a vegetarian and you only eat plants, like, the amount of animals that get chopped up in all the combines going through fields, yeah. killing tons well, the of amount mice, of rats, animals, snakes, yeah, dying. bugs, birds. Yeah. yeah, it depends which animals you care yeah, about. Yeah, it's what do you yeah. value. Yeah. Would you rather one cow died or a thousand mice and bugs and, yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. That, that's very true. So this is why we should all just go live in the woods and build our own farms <laughs> yeah. and, you know, exist. And do that. So you should read uh, Walden. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Walden. Didn't it's we like tell him I'm illiterate? Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> read. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. I, I like reading that kind of stuff. You'd appreciate it. He's the Thoreau is uh, uh what's his name? Henry David Thoreau. I think, yeah, something like that. He's pretty full of himself. You read the book and he's just like, I'm so smart for doing this. Yeah. But uh, kind of fascinating. So that's the other thing. I believe that I'm probably really dumb. Like, I think we're all kind of dumb. Well, yeah, people are dumb because you have people who read the Bible and, you know, they're like, this is the right way. But then you have people who read, like, philosophy books, like, this is the right way. And then you have people who read Ayn Rand and, like, this is the right way. This is how we need to organize Nobody society. Knows. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everyone reads different things, takes away You become an expert yeah. in random little niches that you find yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's a, a little, little humility bit of absurdity, is I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe but that's the whole point of existentialism, right? <laughs> Where you just take what you think is the most important and you get yeah. to that ideal. Yep. And it's interesting because a big thing with existentialism is the responsibility inherent in that. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but you are super responsible for every choice you make. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, an existentialist might argue that, uh, you know, like Christian uh, faith, you know, for instance, is a cop out that you're just well, whatever. I'll say I'm sorry. But in God Christianity, you are also blah. responsible for yeah. your choices. Well, in certain aspects, it's a uh, no. In all aspects, no, no, no. Because there's a difference between uh, justification through faith, which is what Paul, like in the Bible, basically created himself, versus the actual disciples, like the Book of James, who was written by James, who many historical people think was Jesus's brother, and he was kind of like the head of the church after Jesus died. But the book of James refutes the things Paul is writing, and he, his whole thing is the justification through acts. But he was basically, they were basically Jewish, and Paul wasn't. So, you know, the Jewish faith is a lot about acts and what you're doing and showing and proving, versus Paul, who came up with this idea for basically to, because Paul went around to a bunch of Greeks and converted them, and the Greeks didn't want to become Jewish and have. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want to eat kosher. They didn't want to follow all the rules that the Torah says. They certainly weren't 
you know, volunteering to be circumcised, yeah. you know. <laughs> Who does yeah. though? Who volunteers? So Paul came up with the idea that it's justification through faith, and that's a big thing now. Is like a lot of Baptists today, a lot of like evangelicals, it's all about being born again. It doesn't matter what you do or what you've done, as long as you're born again sometime before you die, you're forgiven. So this is why I think people are crap, because I think they took something that could have been good. So let's say you're justified through faith. Mm-hmm. Um you can use that as a cop-out, or you can use that to live a better life. And mm-hmm. I think most yeah. people will use it as a cop-out. So, right. like, oh, okay. Well, if people find the easy way out, they'll take it easily. Yeah, yeah. We love oh, paths yeah. of least yeah. resistance. So, I feel In like... the least self-criticism. Yeah. We take things that are good, and we kind of twist it a little bit. We take good stuff, corners. and we cut corners, and right. we make well, it Look at the prosperity so gospel, right? So the Bible and Jesus specifically are very adamant about yeah. how if you're rich and not helping the poor, you're then messed up. yeah, you're yeah. messed up. You're not going to. But you it. take the easy way out and say, "I'm rich. God, uh, God and Jesus wanted this. I am more." Otherwise, devout. they could make me not rich. Yeah, I'm more devout yeah. because if I wasn't devout, why would I have all why this am money? Why being blessed? <laughs> yeah. I think the interesting thing about the Bible is if you read it in context, which I think all of us are at fault for taking it out of context. Too any book you read, you should put it in context. Right? Who wrote it? When was it written? What was the time period? What was the culture? What are we actually talking about here? It's been translated a million times. Do you have the correct translation? Right. Um, And I think if you look at that and you put it in context, it's just a bunch of stories. It's a bunch of stories about how people lived. Yeah. And actually, it's a bunch of stories about people that didn't do so well. And, like, you know, we're adulterers and doing all this bad stuff and getting in trouble and hiding it and murdering people and all that stuff. And it's basically like, hey, look, everyone's bad. Try to be better. So I have to keep in mind that, uh, you know, the Bible itself has been translated several Mm -hmm. times. So it got written mostly in Aramaic, right, in Hebrew, got translated to Latin and then to, yeah, to Greek, to German, Probably Greek first, then Latin, then German, then English is what we're, you know, anybody in America. The King James Version, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and then, yeah, you have these, you know, there's a, you can, if you go to, like, uh, online to buy a Bible, there's all different editions. Well, they wrote the King James Bible, and it was, like, one dude who wrote it, and then other people were like, hey, you kind of mistranslated that part. Yeah, it's a very poetic Bible, but it's not real, yeah. It's interesting to look up the actual Greek and yeah translations but that's why you get all those differences in translations because they think you know really it was just mary was a young woman not a virgin in the sense that we believe it and that kind of changes the whole idea well not really it's interesting because it doesn't what does it matter if jesus was from a virgin birth or not the things he said are still good ways in terms of the catholic religion that's a huge part of catholicism is interesting because it's so based in ceremony yeah. yeah. It's so based in tradition and right. I think dogma, yeah. Some of it gets like lost in the traditional let's go through the motions side. And I can't really speak for them because I don't know that much about Catholicism, to be completely honest. I only know what's been told to me and what I've seen. Um, and I've been to like one Catholic church once and I messed up the ceremony. We you know. <laughs> have to think though, like, you know, going back to the idea that people are inherently broken and, and people will do bad things if possible think of the amount of popes there have been in history yeah. oh yeah and how many of them have changed parts of the bible they've completely yep. upended their own catholic you know catholic tradition yeah, right. and and you know you have the pope basically saying we need money hey everybody go to right. the middle east and kill all those muslims yeah. And, yeah. and bring back the well, money that's the whole and, idea of the reformation is yeah. that they basically you know people started getting pissed off and it was 
you know, it really got started in Germany because Germany was just being fleeced because Germany was like the least developed country at the mm-hmm. time. Spain, Portugal, France, and England were having like real absolutist monarchs that kind of wanted their own charge. But Germany was still broken up and largely controlled by uh, the, you know, and they well, were the like, Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, they yeah. were the last basic people that the Roman em- the Holy Roman Empire could uh, basically fleece for tax money. Yeah. And that's why that's where the, that's kind of where the Reformation got started. Okay. It would have come eventually. But, you know, they were the most... Uh, well, yeah, on. and if you read the Bible, it's like, where in the Bible did Jesus say, if you give money to church people, yeah. you'll be absolved <laughs> yeah, yeah, from sin. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, the right. whole scene of Jesus in the um, marketplace outside of the temple. Yeah, upending the, up uh, the tables. He's like, what are you doing lenders? selling the money sacrifices changes. here? You're not right. supposed to do that. Well, there's so many things, too. Like, uh, like we were talking about just a little bit ago, but uh, how... Uh, you know, so much of the Bible is Jesus going and telling the Jews how they're not living yeah. up to the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they might have followed the rules, you know, to the letter. But, yeah. you know, you know, that's the whole idea of the Good Samaritan where, you know, he's telling the Jews, hey, that Good Samaritan over there, you know, the Samaritans were a people. He said, that Samaritan over there helped someone in need. You guys just kept walking yeah. by. That person's better than you, even though you're people of the book. You know, right. that Samaritan did you're the right thing. Everything yeah, the books. Yep. And it's interesting because you you miss out on a lot of those uh, stories, you know, especially now where it's like people don't want to give to charity. They don't want to give homeless people money. They don't want to really do anything. And they go to church in these massive, ornate buildings that uh, I'm pretty sure Jesus would be personally offended if you have like all this gold and giant Greek columns on your church, you know, you know, three stories, like massive playgrounds for the kids to play in, you know, just giant... uh, like amenities essentially Mm -hmm. but i mean it's because you know it's kind of a problem that uh and you know there's a huge difference between the historical jesus and the mythological jesus because as you read the bible jesus gets more mythological like even the virgin birth like we mentioned earlier only two of the gospels mention a virgin birth and that jesus was uh you know a miraculously born uh you know god deity yeah jesus actually becomes more of a deity because the second two gospels were written well after the first two and uh, you know even paul paul came five years after jesus died and was writing a lot of stuff but he doesn't mention the virgin birth mm-hmm. so yeah. those later two gospels i think were written after all of paul's letters going around and you know those are kind of big things for these big people writing a ton <laughs> of stuff about you know jesus to not mention yeah i think paul too i know was going around he was supposed to be making sure the churches were in order and it's an interesting thing when you read it and you realize that he's actually talking about um every church he's going to has a problem right like every single one he goes to he's like you guys are worshiping idols we told you not to do that please stop doing that (laughs) okay next church okay you guys have ostracized this group of people why are you doing that you guys are keeping all the money for yourselves Mm -hmm. and it's just it's one of those things it's one one of the reasons i'm like okay at the core if people are bad then any sort of group that we form and i I think it's all about intention what was your actual intention if you get down to it and you're like okay you did a good thing for someone but what was your intention did you do a good thing because you wanted to be seen doing a good thing because yeah. then it's not a good thing, right. is it? Well, it's, it's like if you go on, if you donate to charity, then talk about it on Facebook, mm-hmm. or put your name on the wall of a museum, yeah, yeah. Money to. yeah, or a hospital wing, yeah. So it's like, what was your actual intention? If you do a good thing and no one knew, and it doesn't even have to be giving away money. Like, who cares if you saw saw someone giving away money? Maybe they didn't intend you to see them giving away money. It totally depends what their motivation is. Yeah, um, and I think we forget that a lot. I don't mm. know. 
And that's kind of an existential idea as well. It's you are only what you do. It's not what you say. You could say you're an artist, but if you're never making art and you're just, oh, I, you know, I could be a book writer or something, but you've mm. never written a book, you're not a book writer. <laughs> yeah. If you're a good, you know, good person, but, but you're never you doing good work. But if you one goat, yeah. you're a goat fucker. <laughs> yeah. Stays with you, yeah. <laughs> Guys, it was one time. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, but it is interesting that the more you mythologize Jesus in, like, parts of your religion, the less you're really, the less it's practical to you and the more excuses you're making, I feel like. Because if you really believe that Jesus was just this poor person that really donated all of his time and money to helping the people around him who were less fortunate, that's a completely different thing than if you start thinking he's, you know, you know, part, you know, part God, part man, but equal parts of both the virgin birth that he's, uh, you know, basically you're almost like I like having an icon of your own religion if you're kind of creating it that way i think it's interesting if you think about the fact that like if he was this guy that was doing all this good hanging out with the bad people trying to make everything better isn't it weird how our society if you assume that it's true isn't it weird how the society around him went no we don't like that yeah, guy yeah. let's get rid of that guy yeah. he's making us look bad well and that's I what we would do right now yeah because i mean i was just in san francisco and you see all the homeless and it's like you have to imagine if jesus was to come back He's more likely that dude tweaking out and muttering things, mm -hmm. you know, conspiracies under his breath, yeah. like sleeping on the street. That's much more likely to be Jesus than, you know, one of these televangelists that oh, are trying yeah. to sell you books so that they could buy a third private plane. But it's weird to me that we don't like it when we see something better than us. And I think this is a self-esteem issue. When we see something yeah. better than us, like, we all go, oh, let's just, let's take something very superficial, like attractiveness. So you see someone very attractive and you're like, oh, they're so attractive. And there's a little part inside of you, if you're being honest, that you're like, I don't like that, that they're more attractive than me. It makes me feel inferior. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it makes you feel inferior. Becky's Especially same sex, unless it depends on what you like too. So whatever you like, if they're like you and now you're in competition with them, I would say biologically. Yeah. A little part of you is mad. Yeah. A little mm -hmm. part of you is like, I don't like that they're more attractive. I'm appreciating it, but I also don't like it. I think it's weird that we kind of do that. Well, then you, yeah, society, you know, in, in yeah. your group, you're backstabbing mm -hmm. people well, who are your friends. Well, especially women. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. women. I'm going to out our little secret right now. We're mean <laughs> to each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Women don't like being friends with just, you know, you can't really spring it. Hey, here's a bunch of my, you know, friends that are girls. I, my girlfriend will be perfect friends with them, uh -huh. right? It doesn't really happen. Yeah, no, it doesn't really happen. I think it's probably a little bit biological, but there's definitely this thing where, like, <laughs> Women are weirdly competitive. There's got to be some competition thing that... Uh, well, it's probably biology at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, you're competing for attention. Yeah. And women do have a rough because you're really objectified by women and men. But oh, yeah. Probably even more, more, so more by women, women More by women, I would say. And women are um, a little bit evil. In, everyone is, in my opinion, but we're a little bit evil and we're more uh, passive about it. But women do something about it, too. Like, we sabotage each other yeah. all the time. It's very... Uh, anti our movements to love each other you right. know it's it's uh it's very well think of the, like passive. the feminist movement like you know they talk about well women should be out there having careers and then they criticize people who are stay-at-home yeah. moms even if that's yeah. what you wanted like existentialism right maybe your only hope and dream in life is just to have a family yeah you know maybe right. you just want kids and you want to be around them you want to raise them and that's your thing that should be okay. but then to have a feminist come in and crit like hillary clinton was criticized right by uh, a lot of women 
uh, for saying that, like, you know, oh, I would never just be a stay-at-home mom. You yeah. know, that's a fair criticism. Some women just want to do that. And there's some dads who right. want to do that, too. And, she, you know, Hillary Clinton got demonized for staying with Bill after the affair. It's like, isn't that the Christian thing to do? Yeah. Like, is, aren't you literally yeah. mandated by uh, your Christian, you know, she's Methodist and pretty religious. So, yeah. you know, how are you, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people on the right probably were more likely to be very Christian religious and, you know. You they, can't win. I yeah, I know. You really can't Women can't win, win a lot. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, like if you have a career or something, you're you know, well, why aren't you spending more time with your kids? Or, or why what are you your kids doing right now? Kids. Do you even know? Yeah, yeah, That's or the yeah. Other thing. And right. like, I think it's cultural. It totally depends on which culture you come from, too. But I think we put high value in that um, because biologically right. that was intended, so it makes mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, you definitely can't win. But then you have weird shit. You have, like, lesbians. Like, oh, they shouldn't be allowed to adopt. It's like, what a what a weird double standard, yeah. too. You have women who want kids, and you're telling them no. But then you want a woman who doesn't want kids, and you're like, why? Why aren't you having kids? You literally just can't win. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a weird place to be. Having a uterus is... Right. But then, you know, on the side, you know, successful men who cheat on their wives, go on business trips everywhere oh, and never yeah. home. Like, Donald Trump didn't, you know, brags about not raising his... Not even, like, knowing his kids until they're 18, you know? Yeah. And, and I think a... some of that has to do with wanting... Um, I think we all want satisfaction in some way. We come up with a way that we think we're satisfied. And maybe you married this woman that you thought was great. But then you realize after spending time with anybody for a long time, it's like having a roommate. Yeah. Eventually, you have things you don't like about right. your roommate. Because people, you can't perform all the time. You can perform for a while while you're dating. It will fade. You'll figure out who right. they are. Uh, you start to see the dirty stuff that used to be behind doors. And now they don't have any space from you, so now it's all out there. You never um, get a break from your significant other. It is funny when you see older people and they just gripe at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like older women and like just griping on the man and the man, you know, has just learned to happy wife, happy life, just, just take it all, it. Yeah. shrug it all off, and you know. One of the unfortunate things for us women, I think why we sometimes do lose out to the twenty year olds that are younger than us and still look good, um, we age bad. Especially after we have kids. Well so think of the stress that goes on your body, yeah. Yeah. That on our bodies, on I mean, you're never really getting abs back right. after you have a C section or a vaginal yeah. birth. Like there are some women that can do it and that's impressive and I'm I'm constantly impressed right. by them. But you know, we have them. It's stresses you out. Then you gotta raise them. Now they're here. Now yeah. You now you're tired all the time. Of raising. You're probably not getting as good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think we weather hard. <laughs> uh, and men don't weather as hard. And or when so, they do get weathered, it just they make people say older grizzly men look more distinguished. Yeah. And manly yeah. And so you you guys don't look as bad. Yeah. There's no there's no synonym for a hag for a man. Yeah. Right? There's there yeah. isn't, and that's like yeah. like what do you? There's no hag synonym. That's <laughs> right, a great yeah. way to put it. And so I think when you reach that period where your woman is tired. And weird looking. <laughs> and weird. And beat down by life. And beat down by life. And then this very perky, unadulterated, you know, 20 year old comes along. They're like, oh, yeah. well, she gives me attention. She doesn't gripe all the time. Why wouldn't you go with her? She's nice. Yeah, well, and it's biological. I was seeing this thing that people were getting upset, but, uh, you know, they do studies and just, you know, biologically, the way our bodies look to attract mates, you know, men are just attracted to 20 something women who yeah. are perfect fertile age for yeah. babies and at a certain point you can gripe all you want about certain 
uh, cultural aspects of that, but it's at some degree we still have this, you know, leftover animal machinery that we're powerless to kind yeah. of like fight off completely. Just like women, like, uh, you know, older, richer, more established, powerful men because those oh, men yeah. can protect babies. So, I mean, are you going to get mad that women, well, you know, you can and call it money grubbing too. or whatever. Let's be yeah, real. right. Women cheat too. Um, it's just more. I don't know if it's more common because I don't actually know. It's more culturally music. acceptable yeah, it's more for better or worse. It's also a little bit easier, maybe. I don't know. For a woman? No. Well, certainly a woman could just go to a bar and half the guys there, hey, you want to sleep with me right now? They'd probably say, yeah. That's true. It Men can't just do that. It could be easier in that sense, right. but it's a little bit more responsibility on the woman because there is the problem of if, you, more if you mess up, yeah. you have now a child. Right. Like, you guys don't have that. You can't get pregnant. So there's really not a consequence besides maybe an STD or two if you yeah. sleep around. Yeah, you can get away with it a little easily. Yeah, so getting away with it's a little easier. Maybe getting it is easier as a woman. Right. But getting away with it's easier as a man. Yeah. Uh, so what are, what are you guys' thoughts on monogamy? Because yeah. there's a big movement now about uh, you know people saying that monogamy just doesn't make sense. Well, I, think it's, I think it's an easy thing of self-control. Can you just stay with one person? Yes. Tons, millions of people throughout history have done it. You know, we're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, you yeah. guys are. Together. I ain't sleeping with anybody right now. <laughs> yeah. In this room, I am, uh, you know, perfectly chaste. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's hard. It's I don't know what you're being... doing under the table, Colin. Yeah. Maybe. Uh... <laughs> it's not being offered in this room either. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, what do you think about that? It's just a, a self-control thing. Because, obviously, biologically, most people would love to sleep with as many people as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people aren't afforded that opportunity for a number <laughs> yeah, of reasons. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, oh, if I you are with someone... Well, there's that, that whole idea that, like, a lot of political strife right now, especially with, like, incels and some of these, like, far-right radicals and white supremacists are so just a bunch of unfuckable dudes that, you know... <laughs> well, yeah. Like, well, think about utility, too. Maybe if you're with someone who's not the right one, maybe, and you have kids, maybe yeah. you just stay together... For the kids, and when the kids are old enough, you just right. break away and you'll yeah. be honest about it. And but say, there's people that can, and if they're fighting constantly, yeah. you have bad half the bad home life for the kids. Maybe you, it's better to get. That's divorced. a self-control thing too, if you think about well, it. Yeah. If you're with yeah. someone you don't like, can you at least pretend so that you don't fuck it's up your kids? It's an interesting yeah. thing because it's weird how much effect you have on a child yeah. at any age. Honestly, your parents form you. It's and your opinions and your life and your friends add to it too. But for like, better or for worse, <laughs> man, do they have an effect on you? Yeah. Like it's true what they say is a stereotype, but they're like, okay, let's talk about your childhood in therapy because it is where everything starts. Yeah. Um. Every everything they do, like they used to do horrible experiments on kids before we figured out this was a bad thing to do. Um. But they did like not touch a child and see what happened. Yeah. Um. But the child died. That's what oh, happens really? when the yeah. child is not touched. Um, even if you feed them robotically, like, they will die, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, but I forget what I was going to tell you guys. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about monogamy and if it's possible. Oh, and... one thing I'm curious to ask you guys about, because you're men, we get a different perspective. I will be honest, and maybe women will refute this, and that's fine. When we have sex with somebody... We form a connection. It's just what happens. We can't help it. It's we, we have this sort of thing. And I think that even women that are promiscuous or non-monogamous, it hurts a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's a self, it might be a self-esteem thing where they're like, oh, I'm not good enough because you had to go find that from someone else. Um, but it's I'm definitely sure men a have it too. Thing. I'm sure there's men who feel I'm the same sure thing. I'm sure that it's a men thing too. I'm just curious of what is it because women definitely, definitely have that. Well, it, not immediately because I think there's a lot of guys, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys who will have one night stands and then it's like, uh, I think Joe Rogan has that line, no ma- before you make a major decision, jerk off and if you still want to do it after you've jerked off, you know it's a <laughs> good decision. Yeah, yeah like because, cause, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, yeah, yeah you just want to have sex and you're horny yeah. or whatever and then you have sex and you're just like, oh shit, uh, time to go. You want yeah. me to call you an Uber? Like, oh man, I, you know, <laughs> oh, then, shit. you know, one night stand that you never... Yeah. call them back or whatever yeah. i think it's way easier for guys to just get caught up into like you know that my, the zoned in focus of sex, sex 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 yeah yeah, yeah. the penis brain it takes, takes over. over yeah well right. plus it's probably rare that i mean if two people came into it equally on the same mindset hey this one time we're just gonna have some mm-hmm. fun and then never talk about it see each other again then, but I think in most times you I don't, don't have people coming mutual. into it. I don't think, yeah, I don't think guys are like, yeah. hey, this is uh-huh. uh, just tonight. Yeah, I don't think it's ever mutual either. I think that people. Well, I'm maybe, sure sometimes it is. Maybe the first time could have it mutually, but I think there's something that happens with a woman because I think afterwards they start to either the hallmark brain kicks in or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. The uterus is like, wait. We could make a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need you for 18 years. Something <laughs> happens for a woman at least. And I can only speak for us. And even if you're... And I have friends that are just like, no, I just like sleeping around. But then you talk to them enough. And actually, they do care. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of a front. Well, there's a lot of women who then, you know, they get that validation of guys being interested. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And then it might be like a little, maybe they play it off and play it cool, but maybe there's still a little hurt and surprise that, oh, oh yeah. he didn't want to stay. Well, there's the classic woman that just likes to be liked. Yeah. Um, where she just wants everyone to like her, but she doesn't want to commit to any one of them. It's just the feeling of... They think I'm great, right? And that makes me yeah. feel good. So it has nothing to do with the person they're with. It's all about them right. themselves. But you know, certainly women want to be found attractive. Yeah, and, uh, I think spend a lot. Everyone has ego. Everyone right. has yeah. an ego. They want to be. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. But uh, women sure have it rougher. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, it's, it's like how many dates do you see? People are on dates and the girls looking cute and all dressed up, jewelry, perfect outfit, and the guys wearing like sandals, shorts, yeah. and a t-shirt. <laughs> it's just like, well, <laughs> like uh, man, that girl is trying a little harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Oh, and the the online dating thing really is just hilarious because you get paired up with the randomest people. I think it's interesting. I think it's cool that it throws people together. Yeah. People I mean, you'd certain, never yeah, be right. with. Yeah. Back in the day, I went on a date with somebody that tried to get me to buy a gun and showed me his entire gun collection. Like that day? Yeah. <laughs> he thought that was impressive. And I'm yeah. like, wow, this is just one of those yeah. Well, that was his version where, of a big car or yeah, like flashy yeah. or, like, or something. Maybe my penis is the size of this gun. It's right. not, but okay. Those, uh, you know? those dating stories are always funny where people are like live tweeting a really bad date and yeah. like the guy is just going on and on and like, mocking the girl and like he probably thinks it's going so well because he oh i'm coming across so smart yeah. maybe she's so awkwardly cool. laughing to you know like oh yeah maybe she's nervous being polite yeah, yeah. or yeah being literally nervous because <laughs> sometimes the best way to get out of a dangerous situation oh, yeah. is to laugh until you right. leave so. here's an interesting idea just out of like like, what about the idea that everything is, like, biological, so everyone's trying to find a mate? So, like, every social interaction you have, other than your immediate family, is in some way geared to either Unless presenting yourself 
Yeah. Unless you're from a, a king in Europe. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. But like everything you do, whether you buy nice suits, whether you wear jewelry, whether you have a big car, everything is designed to try to get someone from the opposite sex. Oh, what yeah. do you think about that? Well, that's why people start uh, talking about how women and men can't be friends, or men and men, or women and women, mm -hmm. and whatever your Platonic sexual friends. orientation right. is. It's very difficult to have a purely friendship. Yeah with the sex yeah. that you are attracted to. Well, I know, I mean, I've noticed this since I've gotten married and, you know, being like off the market and uh, not, you know, not looking for anybody. Yeah. But I've had like several girls like tell me like from work situations or whatever, or just friends of friends and social situations and parties or whatever. People are literally saying like, oh, wow, like you're actually really chill. Like, I don't think I've ever met someone like so non-threatening or like looking for something. Yeah. But it's just I'm married, so I'm literally not. So, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely know personally that like, yeah, before, you get married if you're not in a relationship like a, a guy mind is always like oh maybe she's into me oh maybe she's into me she must be into me you know she's laughing at my joke or whatever uh -huh. you know but like since you're married I mean I, I know for sure that I objectify women way less because I'm not looking for yeah. constant possibilities of mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know of attraction finding the best mate that kind of thing yeah because you already found your mate yeah and I'm very very comfortable I'm not you know so you're proving the idea that monogamy is possible oh yeah yeah for sure and it's, you know, it's the kind of idea, I mean, for for me, it's, I think of it in a very logical way, like, I'm very happy with my uh, wife, she's great, she's smarter than me, <laughs> you know, she's she's going to be more successful in life, probably, uh, like, I married up, I got, I know I got the better deal, so it's like the idea of sacrificing that to chase some floozy or whatever, and like, maybe she's nuts and crazy, so why would yeah. I sacrifice something I already know is good? I wonder if it, the people that do sacrifice it, I wonder if they like the unknown. And oh, probably you're chasing. Probably chasing the grass is always greener. It's the kind possibility of thing. that yeah. it might be better. It's almost like a like a gambling addiction yeah. in a way. It really is. People do have gambling addictions. Yeah. yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, and you can be addicted to anything. Yeah, really, because um, you can be addicted to sex. You can be addicted to attention. You right. can be addicted to social media. Well, that's like the same thing. Yeah. Every time you have sex with someone, you get it's like getting a, a like or something. You get that yeah. little yeah. in your little thing in your brain saying that was nice. A little dopamine drop, right? Yeah, oh, which is really what it is. Oh it's just God, a dopamine yeah. drop. Yeah. Right. Now, here's something, because I, I have found this a little bit, but, like, they say that, like, women, when they find out guys are interested in are married, they want them more. Mm. You, ever, you ever thought about well, that? I wonder if it's, it's, I think it all has to do with self-esteem. The women I know in this day and age, we just have, like, no self-esteem. Yeah. Um, so we're very easy to flatter. And right. we're very easy, like, if, to manipulate if a woman that way, finds out that the husband of another woman, it's essentially a competition, yeah, I'm winning right. the competition because that man is no longer satisfied with his own woman oh, because right. they find me better. Yeah. That sort of thing. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would imagine all of the women who are cheating on, you know, or not cheating on, but sleeping with married men, mm -hmm. there's got to be some satisfaction well, in that. There's that weird thing, because I've known some people in those situations, and there's this weird idea that they buy into that I'm like, don't buy into that. They all believe that the man will leave his wife for them. Oh, yeah, eventually choose them. And it usually doesn't pan out that way. Right. And if it does pan out that way, it causes this, like, trail of chaos oh, yeah. with the family. And at the end of it, he's probably still not choosing you if you're the, <coughs> like, family breaker or yeah. whatever. Yeah, Homewrecker. Well, home and wrecker, and yeah. There's always to, another homewrecker. You have to, yeah, there's always another homewrecker. If you're the woman that just, and, and I don't mean this offensively to people that do this, but... 
if you are prepared to enter a relationship with somebody that cheated yeah. on someone before, right. you have to realize that, you know, if the next best thing comes along yeah. and they're not satisfied with you, you may be the next victim. Well, think of the, <laughs> think of the ego, too. I'm going to change him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. good enough. I'm going to change well, him. Well, that's it's like a, a slogan that it's uh, the problem with all of marriage or whatever is that men think women won't change, and they do, and women think men will change, and, and they, they don't. don't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's kind of an astute observation. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting if you, I heard somebody say this, that's much, like, they were like 50 or 60 years old, and they've been married for a long time, and they said, um, yes, I love my wife, however, you have to realize that I've changed so many times, and she's become a different person so many times, oh, yeah, and we basically sure. had to choose to love each other yeah. and learn that new person right. because no one stays the same. And certainly after you raise kids together for 18 plus yeah. years, because I mean, I, I, I know a friend who her parents were divorcing like the second uh, she was the youngest kid. The second she went off to college or whatever, they were divorcing. They're just, yeah. you know, stayed together for the kids, but uh, we're just different people now and uh, we're going to go live our own lives now. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, why not have, a, like, a new chapter in life? I mean, do you have to stay yeah. together just because you've been married? I always kind of yeah. thought that was an interesting, mature choice, even. But think, really... of the, think of the vow, though. You're, isn't it funny that, like, let's say you get married at, like, 25. You're vowing to always love them no matter what. So it's kind yeah. of this, how can, well, can you try true. to love no them? No one it, pays attention yeah. to that part. I yeah. Think the, the actual, like, you're committing. That's the, that's the commitment. If you're not ready to commit, yeah. don't commit. Yeah. That's the part I don't get. I'm like, if you're really not ready, or if you think about it and you're like, nah, I don't know if I can be faithful. I'm still... Yeah, like, if you have a, doubts at all, you... There's a little voice in the back of my yeah. head. You know, you know, don't do it then. Why but, do it? But, I mean... But people mess are, up. Is, is that inherently That's bad true. that they just mutually agree? I mean, do you have to be held accountable for every promise <laughs> every vow you've ever made in life you know yeah that's true i mean I just think, you did it in a church well, like thing, whatever though, maybe you are committed but if the other person doesn't reciprocate why should you stay yeah, should yeah, you, be, yeah right, you shouldn't yeah. be tied down that's to a weight true, right yeah. yeah i'm reading a book right now the mandarins and uh the, the two like two of the main characters is a man that's totally over the woman and they've never been married, but they're still kind of together and have been all this time. And the woman still loves him completely, even to the point where she lets him go have affairs wow. because it'll make him happier. But she knows he's like kind of moving on, but she can't accept it herself. And that's, you know, that's not fair huh. to her, certainly. No, not at he's all. He's miserable having to go through the motions and pretend, to, you know, they live yeah. together still pretending to be interested in her life and caring that's an interesting thing and i have a uh, so that has i feel like that's that's lying right a little bit so he's yeah, lying staying sure. with her she's lying that she's not still head over heels basically yeah. and i wonder i think i have a theory and maybe other people have this too i'm not special in that way i think that a lie no matter what causes a small bit of pain somewhere somebody oh, yeah. suffers for something when you do right uh, whether it's big or small. What do you think about hedonism then? That I mean, that would you be the know most. What it is. <laughs> hedonism is basically you do whatever you want. Consequences be damned, but if you're not happy, be happy. Take whatever impulse, follow that. So I mean, in, so in a way, like, hedonism is super honest. Yeah. You're you're not committing to anything. You're saying I don't. You know, you're just being. You well, know, then you can't. Honestly, selfish or then something. Then you can't involve anyone else. 
right? Yeah, that's true. Because if you involve anyone else and they don't have that same belief, then you are right. leaving a trail of pain. Well, I don't think... Living in a society, you can't have a society of hedonists. I think at some point, to be a mature adult, you have yeah. to give up something to yeah. be around people. Yeah. I mean, you can't be in your own family and it's be a childish hedonist. kind of committing yeah. to hedonism. Is... How can you have five siblings and just be a hedonist? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. For the sake of the... the... Well, what about like Hugh Hefner? Isn't that a hedonism? You think that's uh, dishonest? But certainly everybody goes into that knowing, you know, like the Playboy, Playboy and the Mansion and... That's an interesting thing, too. Is you he know, married to any of them? I don't know he much got married about three times, He's been married a, times, yeah, uh, a few times. Okay. Didn't work out. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> or if they vowed to always be together. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an, how many women live in that house? I don't actually know. The only I don't think they literally live there. I think I they take have. turns. I think yeah. once you get old, he fires you or something, probably. <laughs> well, he's dead, so yeah. the whole thing. Because they made that movie yeah. House Funny about yeah. that, and it was a joke, and it was funny, and it was all that stuff, but... I don't actually know that much about his life. Would you call he's a polygamist, correct? I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, well, quite literally, yeah, yeah, polygamy. So in terms of uh, polygamy generally, um, do you think it's intrinsically unfair to women? I mean, mo- it seems like most polygamists, it is the men getting all the benefits, and the women have to you know do all the house chores for yeah. your endless children. Well, the weird something. thing is that like maybe that's better rather than having two parents bicker all the time if you live in a family group right a society group yeah but i think the problem is that it's never truly equal or fair for the women involved well yeah because most times in human history when there's polygamy yeah. whether it's a harem of a yeah. king right it's all the king wants to have or the guy wants one to have favorite a lot concubine of... and oh, the rest are concubine, jealous yeah. and somebody gets murdered yeah palace intrigues mm-hmm. yeah um, well, i mean yeah they'll even murder the, you, even yeah, if you think it's good right. for the children the children are getting murdered because hey he's this kid's got a better claim to the throne oh, than this oh yeah we gotta, we gotta get him out yep uh but it's interesting too because uh they study you know our closest like ape relatives um the different family dynamics and the bonds and stuff like that yeah. and you it kind of it, you know explains things about humans a little bit that you can, well, that's you know. actually an interesting example because bonobos and chimps are very different. Chimpanzees are, you know, they, they war with each other. They're yeah. very aggressive. But then on the other hand, you have bonobos who, you know, they will just fuck each other all day. And that's how they get rid of stress. It's how they deconflict, <laughs> That's right? how they solve fights even, yeah. or yeah. conflict. Mm-hmm. They just have sex with each other. Yeah, there's been studies about marriages and the people that have more sex. Uh, and it, it makes sense because you're probably more spending more time together when you're having more sex right. together obviously um but people that even if they fight all the time if they have a lot of sex they stay together longer that's an interesting thing too because a lot of the reason people cheat is because they're not getting sex yes so when you're not getting fulfilled some people have talked about when you're not getting fulfilled in one area it doesn't matter what area you can cheat on someone uh some people say emotionally when you're getting an emotional right. response from somebody else, and that's where you're getting that from. Do you well, think that's, that's like, worse or better than cheating physically? I don't know. Because some people argue that uh, it depends. that emotional yeah, it bond depends. is more of a cheating. Well, it's yeah. like if, if you're at work and you talk to some girl, co-worker all day, and then you get home and don't want to talk to your wife and repeat everything you yeah. already talked about, that's kind of like emotional cheating right there. Yeah. Right. Because your wife probably wants to hear about you or your spouse or whatever. Well, how, how are they supposed to know you if you yeah. don't tell the, them anything right. about yeah. them? Whereas a short little physical fling might not be as... Um, maybe that's an easier comeback for the relationship yeah. than like... Well, you're actually clearly in love with somebody yeah. else, yeah. you know, yeah. or versus a just very purely true. kind of carnal, uh, you know, expression of, you know, very finite desire instead of yeah. an infinite, you know, emotional. I think it connection. totally would depend on how many times you go back for it. 
That's true. Because also the other thing, the physical thing is more of, I think, for whoever's getting cheated on, whether it's a man or a woman, it reflects on the one that's being left out. Because, yeah. like, they go and they're like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What, what is the thing that they are looking for that I'm not giving them? And I, I think you're right. I think if you're not having sex yeah. with each other, somebody, man or woman, is going to go find it. Well, that's a big one, too, because typically two people have different sex drives. True. You know? And if you have one person who doesn't like it that much and another person who that's really, like, a big thing they want, mm-hmm. especially in a relationship, then you have a pretty big problem. Yeah, there. you're going to have It's trouble. almost inevitable, right? <laughs> Yeah. Biologically, and, people have urges and their hormones are telling them, we need to do this. Absolutely. I think one thing that, um, I think women <laughs> cheat just as, maybe just as much as men. I have no statistics to back this up, but they have the same urges. I mean, well, it'd be hard because they do surveys and the surveys are only well, good. Well, people are dishonest on Yeah, those. exactly. That's true, too. Yeah. So it's hard to get a real... But clearly, dream. I mean, it's not like, I mean, there are women who admit to it, so it's clearly not like a one-gender yeah. phenomenon, yeah. right? Yeah. People will honestly say, in sur- well, you hope honestly on surveys that they do. So. Yeah. And it's usually because something is missing or somebody's not giving them something they expected. And I think mm-hmm. it might all be about expectations. What do you expect from yeah. a significant other? And if but in terms of the honesty, it, yeah. uh, let's say if it's not, if you're really just doing it for the sex and you still love your wife and you don't want to break up the marriage, you know. Is there some kind of intrinsic good that you're just taking care of what you really want on the side and not letting it affect? Well, that'd be one of those weird things. Like, if you were 100% honest with your spouse and she was okay with it for whatever yeah. reason, it wouldn't inherently be bad. I right. As long lie. as you say, hey, you come home and we talk about our lives together, but if you want to go get this physical thing taken care of, I don't care, yeah. then I guess that's not inherently bad. Yeah. I think, it's expectations I think, and honesty, uh, right? I think they were saying that, I, sorry if this is not real, but that Will Smith and his wife have like an open marriage in that, and yeah. that like obviously they're both rich and famous, and I think she was in an interview talking about that, you know, like, and they're both really big into that kind of like personal level. I think Will yeah. Smith has, or one of them has a quote basically saying that, you know, you need to make sure you yourself are happy or it's unfair to demand of another person to mm. bring, to have all, you know, like provide or supply or yes. create all your happiness. Yep. And so that maybe they just, you know, if they, if they really do have an open marriage, I think I saw that somewhere. But that, uh, you know, she, her, her idea was just, well, you know, yeah, he's going to be interested in other girls and pretty girls. You know, obviously they're getting older in life now. But like, you know, maybe that's, is that a super mature thing to just realize that and not yeah. let it bother you personally, but to let your spouse have that happiness? Only if you are truly okay with right. it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's key. If you're right. honest with them, because I think that's where people get hurt. Is the yeah, hiding. that's when you're not if honest. You're so hiding, hiding it, it yeah. and you're lying about it, yeah. that's when it hurts the most. Right. I think that with if you are truly objectively honest with the other person, you're like, hey, I, this will sound terrible. I'm not attracted to you anymore. I'm very attracted to these people. How do you feel about this? Like, I'm worried I'm going to cheat on you. I don't want to cheat on you. So yeah. I want to let you know. Well, maybe that's like a like a celebrity crush thing, right? So it's like, oh, hey, yeah. by the way, on the off chance, if Scarlett Johansson <laughs> wants to have sex with me, I'm probably going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, it probably won't yeah. happen, but just letting you know, I'll yeah. be up front. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I've known people in open relationships before, and it's funny because they're fine until somebody's not honest. And when somebody's not well, yeah. honest, then and they're it no longer okay with thing. it. Then they're like, well, now I don't feel comfortable with the openness anymore yeah. Yeah. because it's not really open once you enter a lie. Once you get closed out of yeah. the other relationship, exactly. right? 
Um, and I think if you enter an open relationship, you have to be honest and you have to be honest when the point comes to, if it comes to it, where you become interested in somebody else and you're no longer interested in right. that other person. Well, but is that a self-control thing. thing? That's like swingers. I guess they're okay with it, right? Both yeah. people are both they're collectively both okay with it. You're both in the room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's equal. I think right. if, and if it becomes unequal, then <laughs> it becomes probably pretty honest about it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Honesty yeah. is key, I think. <laughs> Yeah, but it's interesting because, uh, you know, like to bring that up, you know, how much of it is like just self-control and just saying, well, do I need to have all this stuff? Do I need to... Or if you think about it, maybe take Joe Rogan's advice and go jerk off. Yeah, still think. <laughs> right. I honestly, love that. honestly, it is I great love advice. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cheating would go way down oh, yeah. if you just For everyone sure. was just jerking off. I think that's actually that's a beneficial thing. Just be proactive. If you're going to be in a big party or a social yeah. situation, jerk off, and now you're not like oh you you don't have you know you already flushed out the system. You're not like uh, you're have in that factory period. Yeah, for right. A little bit yeah. extra time to think about what you're yeah. doing. If you still want to do it, go tell your wife, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, honey, I jerked off. I'm totally, this is the right uh, idea. This is what I want to do. I'm 100% sure. (laughs) (laughs) Solve tons of problems. Now, in terms of biology, I I was listening to a, uh, I think it was also Joe Rogan, an interview. He was interviewing some guy who was basically saying that every guy should go like seven days before between like ejaculations because it just it like his his thesis was that it like it uh, depletes your energy or life force or whatever and that like uh, well, if you let force, it if you, I, yeah I don't like that I think if you're talking about life force you're kind of full of shit maybe well I mean but it, but. It, it was more, maybe more of a metaphor, though. Yeah. But his idea was that you're to have max energy, you shouldn't be constant. Like if you're jerking off three times a day and you have no energy, does he that, not uh, exercise see a lot of women? Or, <laughs> this, dude, this dude, I think he actually did see a lot of women, oh, but okay. uh, it was for him. It was almost like a Buddhist thing or something okay. to like maximize personal energy or something. Well, like that's that. an interesting thing. Well, how Wouldn't... vigorously are you masturbating all day? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't the most amount of energy then come from not ever having sex at all um but I <laughs> you're think... worried about your life force yeah your <laughs> life force is yeah. man well why but are I you think it's why good? are you i think the release is good at it. i don't you have to talk i'm curious to this i'm curious what he thinks if he thinks releasing it every week once a week is better than not ever doing it at all because if you're talking about losing life force right but i mean like you know like the oh, ancient Roman uh, gladiators or whatever wouldn't have sex the night before a fight to the death or whatever mm-hmm. because you re- deplete sucks. your energy or whatever <laughs> Well, I mean, that you're, I mean you have more energy or more Well, you're the one talking about hedonism. If you want to have sex all the time and you're with someone who also wants to have sex all the time, just have sex all the time, right? Well, that's just a completely different. Though. I'm just talking about from a, what are energy your thoughts standpoint. on a purely, like, on an energy standpoint. I know? don't think it has anything Some to do with energy. Some people get, like, reinvigorated from it. I was yeah. just going to say, so I think there might be a difference, and I, it's probably a, a people-to-people thing, but yeah. it, some people say it's a man-woman thing, and it's biological. Right. You guys get tired after, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We wake up. Yeah, it's like re- it's invigorating. <laughs> it's like how many sperm can I get inside me to make a baby? I'm ready. I'm amped. <laughs> and women have no refractory period. And if you think about it, we also yeah. just have this organ that helps us have pleasure every time we have sex if they're doing yeah. it right. Because um, there are ways to yeah. do it. Shout wrong. out to people who do it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now there are people, yeah, who believe per- from personal experience that women don't enjoy sex. Yeah, yeah. Those are probably <laughs> yeah. people doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. You might be doing or it. Or have never. Guys, my wife 
<laughs> never, <laughs> never enjoys it. So it must be all women. <laughs> but yeah, so the women are like ready to go afterwards. Right. Well, it depends um, on how, <laughs> again, how, <laughs> how hard you're doing it, right? True, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that can, you're planking for 50 minutes true. straight. You might be a little tired. Well, that's a you're whole, doing it suspended yeah. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Who's <laughs> yeah. being lazy and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have you been tied up for three hours? <laughs> <laughs> Taking a lot of uh, BDS. No wonder abuse. your life force <laughs> yeah. is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of one of my sexual sessions, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I need a break from all activity for several days. Believe me, I need a week. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe this man is having very vigorous yeah, sex, and that's why his right. life force is gone. Um, and he has to recreate it. Well, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think this has been a pretty good discussion. So, uh, well, thanks to everybody for listening to a very vivid and uh, very uh, bold uh, conversation today. Uh, we are Brain Milk the podcast to nourish your mind and uh, soul with uh, some nice <laughs> nice milky brain juice. Uh, we're in association with the Halfway Post. Check us out, halfwaypost.com, the best satirical news in America. We do halfway real news where it's not actually true, but you know it's a little, still a little bit true. Uh, once again, I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Pope. I'm their guest, Elvis. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.